Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Friday, February 3rd, and this is People Every Day. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. We've got a great group of stories to kick off the weekend for you, so let's just jump right in. Starting off, and just a heads up, this first story features descriptions of sexual assault. Nick Carter has filed a countersuit against Shannon Ruth, who sued him for alleged sexual battery in December. In his countersuit, he is also suing Melissa Schumann, a former teen pop singer who accused him of rape in 2017. Schumann said in 2017 that Carter allegedly raped her while the two were working on a project together in the early 2000s. Ruth claimed she was waiting in an autograph line after a 2001 Backstreet Boys show when Carter invited her to his bus where she claims that he raped her. The countersuit states the two women took advantage of the Me Too movement and used it to launch a five-year conspiracy to, quote, defame and vilify Carter for the purposes of garnering attention and fame, end quote, according to the suit obtained by People. Carter has previously denied both allegations. The countersuit states he believes he has never met Ruth. The claims in the countersuit also allege that Schumann and her father, Jerome, took advantage of his late brother, Aaron Carter, who died in November, saying they, quote, exploited Aaron's fragile condition and family stresses to cloak their defamatory campaign with credibility. Aaron had spoken out in support of Schumann shortly after the initial allegations were made in 2017. According to the complaint, Aaron realized he was being used, and the complaint states, in the months leading up to his recent death, Aaron not only apologized to Carter for his involvement in the counter-defendant's smear campaign, but publicly stated that Schumann and Ruth were liars. Obviously, there is a lot going on here and still a lot more to come. You can find the latest updates on this developing story on People.com. You looking for trouble? You came to the right place. Next up, Austin Butler is stating that playing Elvis Presley may have damaged his vocal cords. The 31-year-old actor has been nominated for an Academy Award for his portrayal of the rock and roll icon in Baz Luhrmann's hit movie, Elvis. But in an appearance on this Friday's Graham Norton show, the star opens up about the long-term effects that the role of a lifetime has had on his body. Quote, I am getting rid of the accent, but I have probably damaged my vocal cords with all that singing. That's what Butler revealed on Friday's episode, claiming that, quote, one song took 40 takes. Butler's Elvis-like Tennessee accent has been noted in his recent interviews after the actor worked for years with a vocal coach to sound like the late singer. And though the performance certainly took a toll on his body, Butler seems to have no complaints about the experience. He went on to say that, quote, it has been a whirlwind and it's amazing because when you are making a film, you never really know how it will be received. With this one, there were so many ways it could go wrong. So to be received in the way it has means the world to me. We wish Austin all the best and hope his vocal cords make a full recovery. Can't wait to see what he does next. And all right, Valentine's Day is right around the corner and love is in the air this February. So let's take a look at the latest updates on the hottest celebrity couples. 
here is a list of a few things that I love. Uh, my family, friends, Beyonce, Fridays, a good old shopping spree, and love. I love love. Who doesn't love love? Well, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, but even when the most romantic day of the year isn't quickly approaching, we here at People always have the latest update about where Cupid's arrow is hitting in Hollywood. So without further ado, it's time for This Week in Love, where we talk about the love lives of your favorite celebs. Joining me now to do just that is People's Associate Editor, Dory Jackson. Hey, Dory. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Let's kick things off with some vow renewals. Earlier this week, Ellen DeGeneres' wife, Portia de Rossi, turned 50 years old. And what was thought to be her big birthday bash turned out to be a vow renewal ceremony officiated by none other than Kris Jenner. These two were born for each other. And Corey and I have spent so much time with them as their friends, neighbors, dance partners, cocktail buddies, and late night chat sessions. A lot of famous faces were in attendance for this. Tell us who was there. Yes, it was such an exclusive guest list with some very big names that showed up for this day. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Carol Burnett, Melissa Etheridge, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. And Brandi Carlyle was there to sing. It just seemed like such an amazing place to be. Seriously. Wow. Star-studded is an understatement right there. Let's talk about someone who said their vows for the first time, the Bachelorette's Claire Crawley. She married Mascot Sports CEO Ryan Dawkins on February 1st, and apparently her big day got off to a shaky start. Someone stole her wedding dress from her car? What? Yes, so the happy occasion took place on February 1, just days after she revealed that her wedding dress was stolen from her own car. And as unfortunate as that situation was, she still kept the positivity going, saying, I can wear anything and I'll be happy that we're getting married. Claire ended up wearing a replacement dress from Flair's bridal, and she calls it her dream look. It's a fitting, happy ending for the newlyweds, too, who got engaged in October during a romantic lantern festival in Las Vegas. Got it. Well, I mean, you hope it doesn't rain on your wedding day, but I think I hope more so that I have my wedding dress. That's a mess. Now, on to a couple that has faced a lot of controversy lately. TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. As we know, the couple will not be returning to Good Morning America following their romantic relationship becoming public while still being married to other people. Yeah, so a source actually told people that the former GMA3 co-anchors are, quote, doing fine. They're actually in love and still in touch with people who work on the show. They're not worried about not working again, but they know the dust needs to settle a bit before they get another job. There's still too much going on. And the insider adds that some ABC staffers were divided about the network's handling of this whole investigation into the pair's romance. It seems like half are supportive of how the network navigated the situation because they didn't like the attention, but half feel like their termination was wrong. It's still so wild to me that that this happened. But before I let you go, we have some engagement news. We have to talk about Vanessa Hudgens and professional baseball player Cole Tucker are getting married. So happy for them. What do we know? Well, I'm so happy for them too. It's a long time coming. But TMZ was the first to report the news saying that the pair actually got engaged at the end of 2022. And they just kept that quiet. (laughs) And people have reached out to the couple's reps for comment But in the meantime, we can confirm that this is true. The duo first sparked dating rumors in late 2020 when they were seen holding hands in Los Angeles. And they had actually met 
for the first time on a Zoom meditation group call. Vanessa later revealed to the Drew Barrymore show that she was the first one to initiate this whole relationship. She said, if I want something or someone, I'm going after them. I fully just slid into his DMs and I was like, hey, it's nice to meet you. So I think there is no shame in making the first move. Sliding in those DMs, man. It works every time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But I'm glad in this case. (laughs) So Vanessa Hudgens is walking down the aisle. Marriage will be the start of a new chapter in life for her. I'm excited about that. Actually, you know what? I'm going to let Vanessa phrase this best for herself. This could be the start of something new. It feels so right to be here with you. Oh. <laughs> I had to, you guys. I had to. Well, consider yourselves now caught up in Celebrity Love Lives. Dory, it was so great having you on. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Coming up, we've got a big music roundup. The Grammys are this Sunday night, and we'll break down what you can expect from the biggest night in music. And of course, it's New Music Friday with releases from Shania Twain, Betty Who, and Money Long. But first, the debate that's been going on for 25 years. Could Jack have fit on that door at the end of Titanic? (laughs) Well, director James Cameron has used the power of science to give us a definitive answer. We'll tell you the shocking truth next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Just in time for Valentine's Day, man. Titanic is coming back to theaters nationwide next weekend. And now fans can finally watch the film knowing once and for all whether or not Jack could have fit on that door with Rose at the end. This has plagued me for years. One of my favorite movies of all time. I remember bawling, crying in the theater, watching it, and then getting really perturbed at the end when my poor Jack just turned into an icicle. So, This is all happening because Titanic's director, James Cameron, has commissioned a scientific study to determine if there really was enough room for the two lovers on the door. The study will be shown in detail on Titanic 25 Years Later with James Cameron, which premieres this Sunday at 8 p.m. on the National Geographic channel. In the special, which was previewed in a clip on Tuesday's Good Morning America, Cameron and a team of scientists hired two stunt doubles to reenact four different scenarios. At one point in the clip, both Jack and Rose are halfway on the piece of debris, but their lower halves are completely submerged in the freezing water. So it's 
likely neither would have survived. In another position, they are both seated on the debris and Jack is shaking violently from the cold. He could have made it pretty long, like hours, Cameron said of the seated position. It's only once they test the scenario when the two stunt people are as exhausted as they would have been in the real situation, like the moment where Rose is shoved underwater by another survivor before Jack swims over and punches her attacker. Once they both are seated on the floating debris, Rose offers Jack her life jacket and he stabilized. Quote, she got him to a place where if we projected that out, he just might have made it until the lifeboat got there. <laughs> End quote. That's what Cameron said. In the end, Cameron seems satisfied with the conclusion that there will never really be a clear-cut answer to the question. Jack might have lived, but there's a lot of variables, Cameron said. I think his thought process was, I'm not going to do one thing that jeopardizes her. Oh my God. And now I'm back in my feels about this. I cannot believe we just played Tetris with (laughs) stunt doubles to answer a Titanic question. (laughs) So there you have it. Scientifically, we know there are at least a few scenarios where my Jack lives. Now we can all go revisit the film next week and decide for ourselves how much of that door Rose really needed. It is my favorite day of the week here on People Every Day. And no, not because it is just Friday, but because it is New Music Friday. There is so much new music out today. And we are on the cusp of Grammy weekend. And you will be able to see yours truly interviewing the biggest stars in music on the red carpet with my partner in crime, Jeremy Parsons, on Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on People.com. Mark your calendar. But before we jump into the Grammys, I cannot not mention the new music out today because Shania Twain's new album, Queen of Me, is here and she is making the talk show circuit rounds and people are noticing that there is a parental advisory on this one. And she had a little fun with that on James Corden's Late Late Show. Never thought I'd see yeah. on a Shania Twain album a parental advisory. Oh, yes. <laughs> For explicit content. Which is a first for you, and I, uh, what, what's this about? What is this explicit content we, we are being advised I'm by not, our parents not to listen to? I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Oh! And I have to mention Betty Who's cover of Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. to Stranger Things, this song had a huge resurgence in 2022, and Betty hit the nail on the head with this cover. Now, to help me out with the rest of the music news today, and this weekend, I have enlisted People's music writer and reporter, Jack Irvin. Jack, welcome back to the show. Hi, Janine. Thank you so much for having me back. Of course. Well, jumping in on a Grammy-nominated artist for 2023 that we both have spoken to, Money Long. As part of the Spotify singles, she put a new spin on the Carpenters' 1971 song, Superstar. I went to the Grammy Museum this week to hear Money Long sing and take questions. Her hit single, Hours and Hours, is now available as Horas y Horas, which is the new Spanish version of the song. But you spoke to her recently about her Grammy journey. So what did she have to say? Yeah, so Money Long started her career like over a decade ago under her real name, Priscilla Renee, and wrote 
songs for Rihanna and Ariana Grande. She's been nominated before uh, for the Grammys as a songwriter, but this is her first time being nominated as an artist. So she talked about how it feels so monumental to have her own name on there because as a songwriter, all you get is a certificate. So she's hoping to take home a trophy this time around. I can imagine, just even at the Grammy Museum, you can tell, like, she has been in this industry a while. She knows what it is, and, like, she just has this crazy level of confidence. I'm rooting for her. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see, especially for someone who's put in so much work. So, Janine, last night you went to the Grammy Black Music Honors. How was that? Yes, yes, that was so fun. Oh, my goodness. It was just a stacked room. Everyone was in there. And this is something that kind of replaced Clive Davis's party that happens every year. It pulls all the heavyweights into the room, and they honored Lil Wayne, Dr. Dre, Missy Elliott, and Sylvia Roan, who is like you know, the godmother of hip-hop. She, like, shepherded all these careers. Lil Wayne got super emotional getting his award, saying, basically, I don't get awarded. Like, this doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen for people who come from where I come from. And then Missy Elliott, oh, she looks so good, and she looks healthy again. She talked about having Graves' disease and not even able to write for years, and now she finally feels back. And then Dr. Dre got his flowers from Snoop Dogg and Corrupt and <laughs> Ty Dolla Sign, and they performed just like those West Coast hits. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous you were in the same room as Missy Elliott. I love her so much. Last night was kind of like the kickoff to the celebration of hip-hop that we know is going to happen at the Grammy Awards. We've heard that they are going to be celebrating 50 years of hip-hop, 1973 to 2023, and they're going to do it in a crazy way on the Grammy stage. They're supposed to be 50 performers coming out, kicking off with LL Cool J. It's going to be a lot. So let's talk performances. Of the Grammy performers that have been announced, who are you most excited about and who are you hoping will pop up and surprise us? I'm so excited to see Bad Bunny perform. He is certainly about to bring something huge to that stage. And then Sam Smith and Kim Petra's performance is going to be pretty monumental just to see a non-binary person and a trans person up on the Grammy stage representing for the LGBT community is just so huge. So I think it's going to be a really exciting show. For sure. We know we have Harry Styles, Luke Combs, Mary J. Blige, Lizzo, Steve Lacey. Like, this is where we are going to get the performances of the year. I'm pretty sure of it. But I want to hear some of your predictions on who you think is going to be taking home that gold-plated gramophone record of the year. Who do you have? I mean, the nominees are so stacked, and there are 10 of them. ABBA is nominated for one of their new songs, Don't Shut Me Down. They've never won a Grammy before in their entire career. So I could see ABBA winning as a nice moment. Obviously, Adele is also nominated for Easy On Me, and she is kind of like a Grammy's queen, so that could very much happen. But I would love to see Beyonce win for Break My Soul. I think that that was just kind of a huge moment to see Beyonce back on top of the charts and paying homage to queer dance culture. Yep, 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 and yep. <laughs> and how about album of the year, the big one? I mean, again, I feel like it's really up between Adele and Beyonce. We've seen this happen before at the Grammys when Adele won 25 over Beyonce's Lemonade. But I also think that Kendrick Lamar could come through with an award. I mean, that album had a lot of big conversation this year. So I think it would be really cool to see to see Kendrick win. But 
I don't know. I mean, I want to see Beyonce win. <laughs> Me too. But also, I wouldn't be completely surprised if Harry Styles kind of like just shimmied on in there and shook his little hips and, and walked away with something big like that. Yes, I feel like if any of the Grammy voters saw Harry on tour this year, they might give him their vote. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. All right, Jack, thank you once again for being here. And I cannot wait for you all to tune in on Sunday to people.com and watch Jeremy and I talk to everyone on the carpet, 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That that reminds me, I should probably go find a dress. It's going to be a fun time. Well, guys, we are ending today with the story of a young woman fighting back against workplace harassment. Whitney Sharp, a 28-year-old vice president at a recruiting and staffing firm, caught a group of men chatting about her looks during a work video conference call. In a viral TikTok, Sharp reveals she saw the inappropriate chat when one of the men accidentally shared it on his screen. Quote, when a vendor accidentally shares his group team's chat and it's all nasty things about me. She captioned the post that now has 2 million views, but Sharp didn't let the men off the hook. Instead, she addressed the harassment head on. Okay, yeah, um, okay, well, first of all, if we're going to continue working together, I want to work with a woman sales representative because I don't want to have to see locker room talk about myself when you're sharing screens. So if we're going to move forward, I would like to work with a account rep that's maybe a woman in the area so that we can move forward that way. I, mean, I know that was a mistake, but I, I don't want to see like speaking with the Today Show. Rose explains, I just was focusing on breathing in, getting the words out clearly and calmly. I think as a woman in the workplace, we're often labeled emotional. I definitely could have went a lot harder on them. But if I did that, they would have been able to say that I was too emotional and I didn't want that to be an excuse. Sharp says she received an apology from the CEO 24 hours later, but never received an apology from any of the men on the call. She hopes to use the experience to help encourage others who may be experiencing, you know, similar harassment, saying she wants to continue educating herself and, quote, use my platform to make sure I'm saying the right things. I don't want to ever be giving the wrong advice, end quote. While workplace harassment is never okay, seeing a young woman standing up for herself and encouraging others to do the same is certainly something to make you smile, right? Well, that's all for today, everyone. I hope you have a safe and happy weekend. And we will be back Monday talking all things Grammys for another brand new People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Amy Machado, and Madison Lesby. Edited by Morgan Foos, Carter Wogan, Michael Aquino, and Adam Raimunda. And made with the help from Patrick Vermillion, Leah Roth-Barsanti, and the great team at Pod People. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs. Our show is associate produced by Aliza Sessler and Fallon Harge, and executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. 